Just in case the Countess' relatives turned up, I'd put it about everywhere. We all had, that Caspar had escaped from the Countess's rooms and could not be found. I made a great song and danced about organising a search of the whole hotel, pretended to be beside myself with worry, and I asked everyone to keep an eye out for him. Mr Freddie knew what I was up to, of course, but besides Mary and Luke and all the gang on our corridor, no one else did. So now I could only take Casper for his walk at night time, when hardly anyone would be about. I'd hurry out the back way through the tradesman's entrance, with Casper hidden under my coat. While we were out there in the park, he seemed to perk up for a while, but it never lasted. Back in my room, he would curl up again and close his eyes. Often, I would hear him sighing deeply, almost as if he wished every breath to be his last. It broke my heart to see him like this. I felt so utterly helpless. Meanwhile, the Countess's brother and sister came to take away all her things. They asked after Caspar, and I told them, as I told everyone else, that he had disappeared. In the Countess's sitting room, they stood by the piano for a while and cried on one another's shoulders. I found myself looking again in the mirror, where I had so often caught a ghostly glimpse of the Countess. I did not see her this time, but I felt her presence. I made her a silent promise then and there that I wouldn't let Caspar die. As it turned out, Caspar didn't die. He was saved, but I have to say they had nothing whatsoever to do with me. In the end, Caspar was saved by hap chance, by a pure happy circumstance. I had seen the Stanton family about in the hotel, but to begin with had paid them little enough attention. They seemed a lot like other rich families that came to stay for a month or two in the hotel. They were American, father, mother and a little girl. Both the parents seemed rather stiff and prim and proper, even a bit standoffish, which in my experience was not at all like most of the American guests I met in the hotel. The little girl was different though. She was about seven or eight, I guessed, and was always in trouble, always being ticked off by her mother. She was forever wandering off on her own and getting herself lost. As I was soon to learn, getting lost didn't upset her one bit, but it did upset her parents, particularly her mother, whom I'd often see hurrying through the lobby in search of her. It was from her mother, one breakfast time, that I first learned the little girl's name. Elizabeth! I'm looking for Elizabeth, she said, rushing up the stairs into the lobby from the Riverside restaurant. All her usual composure was gone. There was a wild and anxious look about her. She's run off again. Have you seen her? Have you seen her? Fortunately, Mr. Freddy was nearby. He was always good in these situations. Don't you worry, Mrs. Stanton. We'll find her for you. She hasn't gone through the front door and she's got to be in the hotel somewhere. Young Johnny, he will look upstairs. Every floor, Johnny, make sure you search every floor. Thoroughly, and meanwhile, Mrs. Stanton, I'll have a good look round for her down here. We'll have her back with you in a jiffy, lickety-split. You'll see. He clapped his hands at me. Off you go, Johnny, lad. Jolly, jolly. Sharp about it now. There's a good lad. An hour later, I'd searched every floor of the hotel, high and low, and there was still no sign of her. I was about to check downstairs to see if Mr. Freddy hadn't already found her, when I wondered if I should check the servants' court corridor up in the attic. I thought it was very unlikely she'd be up there. But Mr. Freddy 
had told me to search every floor, and besides, I remembered my own childhood well enough to know that children like to hide in the most unexpected places. So I climbed the stairs to have a look. From the far end of the corridor I could already see that the door to my room was open, and I knew at once she must be in there. As I stole along the corridor, I could hear her talking inside my room. Good cat, she was saying. Nice cat, beautiful cat. I found her kneeling at the foot of my bed. Beside her was Casper, eating ravenously from his bowl, wolfing down the liver I'd left him and purring like a lion. Who gives a fig anyway? Elizabeth looked up at me and smiled. Hello, she said. My name is Miss Elizabeth Stanton. What's the cat called? Casper, I told her. Is he yours? Yes, I said, and this is my room too. I knocked, and there was no one in, she went on. So I thought it would be a good place to hide. I like hiding. Then I saw this cat lying on the bed, and he looked so sad. He's very beautiful, but he's very thin, you know, and he doesn't look at all well. Look at him. He's starving hungry. You should feed Casper more often. That's what I think. Your mother's been looking for you. She she thought you'd, you'd got lost. I told her, try my best to hide my growing irritation. To be honest, I didn't much like being told by some hoity-toity little rich girl that Casper needed more to eat. Hadn't I been trying for weeks on end now to get him to do just that? And although I was relieved to see Casper eating again, I have to confess, I was more than a little upset that this little girl seemed to have succeeded so easily where I had failed. So the truth is that at our first meeting, I was not at all disposed to like Miss Elizabeth Stanton. She seemed far too full of herself for my liking. You just wait till I tell Mum and Papa about Casper, she went on. Can I take him downstairs to show them? It hadn't even occurred to me until that moment that this little girl could blow the whole secret. I crouched down so that we were face to face and put my hands on her shoulders. She had to know just how serious I was about this. You can't. You can't say a word, I told her. The thing is, you see, I'm not allowed to keep pets up here. Against the rules, you see. No pets in the servants' quarters. If anyone finds out, I'll get the sack, lose my position. I'll have nowhere to live, and neither will Casper. No one else knows he lives up here. So you won't tell anyone, will you? It's our little secret, right? She was looking at me very intently all the while. She thought for a moment or two. Then she said, I don't like rules, especially unfair rules like not being allowed to keep a cat. So I won't tell anyone. Cross my heart and hope to die. Then she added, But you will let me come up and feed Casper again sometime, won't you? I hadn't any choice. I suppose so, I said, if you want to. I do, I do, she cried. I like him so much and he likes me. I know he does. It was true. Casper was looking up at her adoringly. He could hardly take his eyes off her. She grabbed my hand and shook it. Oh, thank you, oh, thank you. But I don't know your name, do I? Johnny Trot, I told her. She let out a peal of laughter. Johnny Rot? Johnny Rot? That's such a funny name. Bye, Casper. Bye, Johnny Rot. And still giggling, she skipped off down the corridor. I was gone. As I watched her go, I remembered the last person who had found my name so funny. 
I was already disliking Elizabeth a little less.